Welcome everyone to another episode of the Dynamic Thriving Podcast. I am your host, Marianne Pack, spiritual medium, best-selling author, publisher, and joy advocate, guiding you into all things life transformational. And this is the Unmuted Voices series. And um, it's we're talking this whole season as we wrap up 2022. We have been talking about how my guests have found themselves muted, their voices, whether it's their physical voice or just how they express life was muted. Um, And then the aha moments that helped them become aware of what they were doing and realizing they had to change. Something had to give and they joyously have found their unmuted voices. And so I am so, so happy to welcome Lachelle Adkins, America's super mom to the show. Hi, Lachelle. It's been a while since we've been together. Yes, I am so glad to be here, Marianne. And uh, you had me at the title, okay? Unmuted. I love that. Uh, I am always uh, excited to be in your company and have some of these dynamic conversations. Mm -hmm. So I am happy to be here today. Well, I am so glad you said yes to coming on. We've had this plan for quite a while, and I'm so glad the day has finally come. So I am going to jump right in, Lachelle, and ask Mm -hmm. you, when did you feel like it wasn't safe for you to unmute your voice? What kept you muted in life, maybe from childhood, maybe from um, uh, other beliefs that we get indoctrinated in and take on. Um, what was that time that was kind of you realized you had to mute yourself? Yeah, you know, I really think it has been somewhat of a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was raised an only child, and so to me, I had uh, packaged it as taking it for the team. So, you know, if it's an argument or a disagreement, you know, just being quiet and doing what's best for the moment was how I had packaged it for myself. And so I had this idea of believing that I was helping other people by holding my peace, whether it was with my children or my husband, uh, even you know, different things in the community. You know, I just didn't want a lot of conflict. And uh, I believe that's really where it started. So it's this idea, you know, that I'm helping everybody by just being quiet. They don't understand what I'm trying to say. And rather than go through all the work and trouble, why don't I just be quiet and wait till later on, maybe when I'm with that person by themselves and, you know, those days never come. So I think it was really just this mindset of believing that I was helping other people by me being quiet. That was my story. Mm-hmm. And what would, what were some of the things that the, the, indo- I call them indoctrinated beliefs because they're mm-hmm. typically things that we take on that are not our truth, that are not Mm -hmm. true for us. So um, whether it was, you know, through family or society, cultural or um, wherever they happen to come from, religious, you know, what were some of those indoctrinated beliefs that, that you feel like kept that suppressed? What were you believing about yourself that made you mute yourself? 
Yeah, I think that really, you know, and looking back, we can learn a lot from reflecting. And I believe that I had a ability to be somewhat of a disruptor. You know, I look at being a mom now of 15 children. To me, that's disruptive, <laughs> considering I was the only child. So there's a lot about me that just is not like everybody else. And so rather than feeling like, you know, people aren't going to understand or uh, I didn't want to have things be escalated to arguments, you know, because I just think now back, I just really had a limited idea of what communication was, you know, um, understanding how to put things in the way of communicating to other people where they're not offended. You know, I was in gifted classes and uh, I believe that there was this education barrier in a lot of times. And so I wanted to blend in. I didn't want to stand out by using words that people might not have understood or always feeling like I had to explain myself. I felt like if I said something, then it would require me to go back to explain it. And, you know, when when I was younger, I never will forget that a lot of my cousins would always call me um, proper. You know, I started wearing glasses at a young age and, you know, my uh, diction was different than theirs. They uh, would always tease me about it. So there was that element of feeling like, you know, I wasn't fitting in from a very young age. And so feeling like, you know, nobody's going to understand what I have to say. And, you know, you're using these big words and all that. So I really believe that's where it kind of started. And over time, it just seemed like it's simpler. So, you know, and that even led to other areas of my life. You know, uh, I do have a lot of children and there were times where certain chores, I just wouldn't delegate because I think it's just simpler if I do it. They're not going to do it right. I got to go back and redo it anyway. So why don't I do it? And so that's where the overwhelm kind of began from not only just speaking, but feeling like I have to do it all because it should be done right the first time. And it's more time to try to go back and redo it or explain. Yeah, you, you jumped ahead there just a little bit, which is wonderful because it's headed in the direction that I wanted to go next was, you know, how did that muting, how did that affect the rest of your life, your relationships, yeah. your maybe even choosing the college or what you wanted to study in college? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it affects that, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, finances, you, the work you choose, um you know, how, your health, maybe, because mine was a definite health issue, mm -hmm. um, the way the toxic indoctrination that I had going on. So I know it fingers out into so yes. many areas of life when we mute ourselves. So how did that affect those those different areas? Well, I love that question because, you know, we're back to this reflection. And during that time of, you know, I had a journey of 13 years of depression. And I read a post one time that said that being silent with others can cause a war within yourself. And for me, that really encapsulated a lot of what I felt because, you know, when I was thinking I was taking it for the team or uh, making things really easier on everybody else, I was the one that was suffering. And, you know, to feel like I didn't feel comfortable enough to share what I thought or, 
you know, I was always in this pattern of putting myself last, you know, putting others before me, whether it's their opinion, whether it is even just uh, certain routines, you know, and so over time that really affected my own mindset and how uh, my perspective was. So I struggled with that for 13 years and I was hospitalized three times because that cycle just kept getting repeated. I would be hospitalized. We would modify things temporarily and then boom, I'm doing the same thing over and over again. So it wasn't until my last hospitalization that I thought, you know, this is a pattern and I'm the common denominator. As much as I want to blame everybody else, I can take a control in this situation, decide to do something different. And uh, that is where things begin to change for me. Yeah. Living with depression can be, it just really affects so many areas. Mm -hmm. um, because again, you know, it's that anger turned inward, that mm -hmm. resentment that, that, um, I love the quote. Say that quote again that you, you said about. The yes. Being silent with others can start a war within yourself. Yes. And I'm kind of paraphrasing, but that's what stuck yes. stood out to me. It's uh, different versions of it, but it is, you know, while you're thinking that you're holding your peace and for other people, that's mm -hmm. looking like you're just so easy to get along with, but inside you are, uh, not in alignment. You know, that's what I would say. You know, there's a disconnect. It is your values are not being fully expressed and you know that more than anybody else. So although you may look to appear to be something to other people, you know yourself, you know what mm -hmm. matters to you. And anytime that you don't speak up for you and you discount that, you know, you begin to really uh, have a pattern that's not good. And, you know, you're not going to be able to believe in yourself. You don't trust yourself. I mean, this is my story. And so a number of things start to have a domino effect because you are putting yourself last. You know, it's a practice that you're doing and you never really um, validate a lot of your beliefs and ideas. And so it's hard for you to believe that things can change, you know, it just starts trickling, like you said, into other areas, you know, it affects your outlook and how you wake up in the morning, you know, starting your day and uh, coming from a negative space is a hard thing to overcompensate for, you know, because it's exhausting, you know, it's just like uh, pouring water in a cup that has a hole in it. It's just going right through it. Right. Mm -hmm. So since you, you know, you've got the 15 children, you've had depression for 13 years. Mm -hmm. Is that right? You said mm -hmm. three hospitalizations mm -hmm. that had to have had a detrimental effect even on the children or on your the relationship with yes. your husband, because you're just not functioning, um, you know, true to who you are because you have the stuff layered all on top of you. Right. Well, Speaking and I, that, how that affected even the, the family dynamic. I, I love that you uh, noticed that because, um, you know, first of all, my idea of depression was someone who stays in the bed and doesn't get up every day. You know, they're just not motivated to do anything. 
And so I was always busy. You know, my kids had um, extracurricular activities. My husband was the sole breadwinner. So I was active with them in school. I was part of PTA and uh, school council. So always doing these things that depression wasn't even on my radar. But it did show up in the fact that I feel like my life was different outside the home rather than inside the home. Mm -hmm. So inside the home, it was about always making sure that everything had to be just so. You know, my kids, it was like, you know, I appreciated them doing well in school, but you know, it was like, you know, people were always watching, I felt. My husband's also a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so it was that element of, you know, never really being able to relax, always feeling like, you know, the living room had to be uh, clean at all times because you never know when somebody's going to come over. And, you know, we just got to have this perfect facade. It was exhausting. And so um, although I received compliments, there were times that those compliments just didn't register to me because at home I'm thinking my kids left this morning. They didn't have their bed made. Or if they only know that I have a sink full of dishes, I left those dishes in the sink and I'm here at this event. I should be washing those dishes. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. so I wasn't able to receive a lot of the pouring back in that people gave me because my voice was the one that I heard more than anybody else's. So when did it start shifting for you? Like when did some of those aha moments, was it, for me, my initial one was a crash at 34. Mm -hmm. And then it seemed like there were little aha moments over the years that culminated into, you know, unmuting my voice, which is always a process. I'm still doing it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't speak up every single time that I feel I need to. Mm -hmm. um, so you still, you know, I, I'm still learning to not suppress who I am, but what were some of those aha moments that started really awakening that in you and stirring that? Well, you know, it really didn't happen until after my last hospitalization. Mm -hmm. So each of the times that I was hospitalized, my husband sought intervention, you know, because I was just like the energizer bunny. I was not getting sleep. You know, I was just very, um, you know, so driven, you know, because of my background, I was an only child. I was a high achiever, gifted classes. And I just felt like, you know, if I wanted something, I could work towards it. But this idea of doing it all on my shoulders, that was something that it was not foreign to me. And so, you know, I just kept adding more and more on my plate because I just felt like, okay, I can do this. You know, uh, I've done it in the past and been successful. So, you know, what's one more kid? What's one more thing on my plate? You know, that's just how I was thinking crazy. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, after my last hospitalization, that's when I realized, you know what, this is a pattern. And if I don't do something different, I'm going to continue the cycle because although I blamed my husband and kids at the time, I realized that the more I gave blame to others, that I was giving my power away. You know, if I really took accountability and said, okay, you know, I wasn't involved in self-care. I didn't know how to say no. I didn't have these boundaries and enforce them. I didn't uh, give things to other people for them to contribute and delegate. This was what I did. So once I started taking accountability for that, 
I realized that that's when things can change. It was up to me to change that dynamic. And it's still a work in progress. I, I mean, I was 46 when this happened and I'll be 52 uh, in less than a month. And so uh, this whole time, it has still continued to be a transition for uh, my children because they um, are like, who is this woman? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? With some of the things that I've done and, um, you know, I just feel like, I'm patient with that. I have a support group. I started coaching. I did a lot of things to really support this journey because I realized that a lot of these patterns, mindsets, you know, I had them until I was 45, 46 years old. So they weren't going to change overnight. And so making sure that I had that support group and tried to kind of navigate through these waters. And that has allowed me to have the patience to let my kids and husband, you know, have their ahas when their ahas are appropriate for them to learn from. That's, that's so, that's so good. And I like how you, you know, you give them space too. Mm-hmm. You allowed, you finally figured out, I have to allow myself space mm-hmm. to, to take care of me and to provide for my needs because it's me here. Right. You know, it's that, it's taking the responsibility that it's our mindset and, um, uh, you know, and stop playing that blame game. Yes. Of they're out to get me <laughs> and to cause my life misery. <laughs> instead of realizing, oh, I could shift some mindset. And I'd love that you, you know, talked about getting coaching and help, the support that you needed, yes. because we all need that. I am such a proponent of coaching and, you know, getting that kind of support to walk you through some of those things, mm-hmm. because our coaches are the ones who are the ones who can ask those questions mm-hmm. that that our eyes being open, I call it a light bulb in the soul moment, those aha mm. moments that help us, um, you know, realize where our blocks are because, mm-hmm. you know, we have our blinders on and then our coaches kind of help us go like this and open up and see life a little differently and give us a different perspective. They're not telling us what to see. They're just pointing us in the direction. <laughs> so true. Yeah. So true. So and- go ahead. And I was going to say, you know, that is such an important point because, you know, there's so many things that I've learned through coaching, through therapists, psychiatrists about the brain behavior uh, mm-hmm. that has really opened my eyes up to uh, beginning to even understand how to model healthy mindset and mental fitness for my own children. You know, um, something as simple as, you know, I just got a message today just in transparency. I'm doing a um, book club discussion on LinkedIn audio with a co-host. And I get a a message that one of my kids was late to one of their classes and they're going to have to be sent to the office for a referral. So he's in high school. But uh, understanding that because I can take accountability I can help him take accountability for him to understand that, you know, these are consequences of the choices that you decide to make Mm -hmm. before I would have been like, oh, my gosh, you know, what can I do? 
to make him do right, which I'm not saying that there won't be consequences at home and, you know, phone taken away and all these other things. But the issue is the mindset shift, the ability to help them to see that the results that they incur are the result of their decisions. So if you decide not to go to class on time, then the consequence is that you chose what that outcome is going to be. It's going to be you're in the office at school and at home, your phone is taken away. No video game, you know, no company for a week or whatever that looks like. But before I would have been like, oh my gosh, you know, they would have got the punishment, but I would have felt the weight. Feeling like as a mom, what am I doing wrong? Second guessing myself. But, you know, we have to understand that people have to have their own uh, ability to choose for themselves. They have to be able to exercise that free will. So uh, I'm in a different place now. And I know that it wouldn't have been that way if I was still stuck in that same mindset that didn't serve me uh, almost seven years ago. So true. So true. Yeah. So I always say our mess is our message. Mm -hmm. So usually what we have worked through becomes typically what we share in the world. And it, and for entrepreneurs, it it typically has something to do with the work that we do Mm -hmm. because it's so personal. We've worked through it or we're still working through it. Yes. But we have gained enough wisdom and transformation that it will, we know it makes a difference. And so, you know, as coaches or, or service provider, product providers, what, whatever um, you're doing, it, it's in service to helping them overcome mm-hmm. and, and live more joyful lives and that kind of thing. So what, what was your mess that became your message? What are you doing now because of you're transformed through this and you're still, of course, on that path. It's a journey, mm-hmm. but you've done enough work that you know you're a support to other people. Well, thank you so much for that question. The first thing is I have a new solo book that's out. Uh, do you want to be whole seven steps to living mass free? Because as a mom with 15 children, I know I can't be there to all people. So being able to capture uh, and on a book, Uh, The highlights of what I have learned uh, was one of those steps that I took. I'm also a coach um, because I believe in being able to share the insights that I have had can help other people avoid the pitfalls and things on their journey uh, that I experienced. And, um, you know, message is one of the things that I am so passionate about. So I do that on all media platforms. I'm a TV producer, a podcast host, and uh, a keynote speaker. So anywhere that someone gives me a microphone or audience, I am a poster child for life after depression because uh, especially right now with this global pandemic, so many people are still suffering. You know, we just had this week where 10,000 people were laid off of Amazon and 11,000 from Facebook. And so Uh, Being mindful that, uh, you know, emotional intelligence and also uh, just the things that we're suffering from, whether it's family members we lost during this pandemic and even just a change of life. So many people 
are reaching out and they need someone to talk to. So I am uh, very passionate about making sure that people understand how to ask for help because as a, as an only child and a high achiever, I didn't know how to do that. You know, I didn't know what I didn't know. I thought asking for help was a sign of weakness. A lot of times I didn't know who to ask for help. Uh, you know, it's not every day I run into a mom who has 15 children. So even that, it's like, you know, other moms are like, hey, I can't help you. I only have one. You know what I'm saying? But uh, so much uh, insights I have learned from all mothers, you know, uh, from mm -hmm. cooking to uh, methods of organizing your home. I mean, and the list goes on and on. I still am learning every day. So uh, just being a light in the world, I think is so important. Uh, whether you have a small platform or a big platform, people need to hear your insights because, you know, that just encourages and inspires us all to keep moving in the right direction. Absolutely. And I love seeing you everywhere on social, <laughs> on social media, on YouTube, I, you know, your TV show. And it's just, it's um, always inspiring. Your guests are beautiful and, mm -hmm. and uh, sharing their stories. And, and you talk a lot about mental health. So, mm -hmm. um, and I love your smile, oh. <laughs> um, acronym, but your yes. smile acronym too. Yes. Yes. You know, because, um, Tell everybody about that because I, I love that. I love yes, I, I came up with that during the pandemic because we had so many reports that was saying that it was going to be a problem for kids uh, because of the social distancing, them being in a virtual environment. And I felt like if we know this is happening, why are we not being proactive about it? So mm -hmm. I created an acronym for SMILE and uh, it stands for sleep, mood, inner voice, laughter, and energy. So those were really the five pillars that I suffered in every area during my depression. And so I think if we just take the time to really examine, hey, how much sleep have I been having? You know, mm -hmm. is this mood a continuous thing that I've been having over a week, a month? You know, and it's also a great conversation for people that you feel like are not quite where they should be you can start asking them questions that can help them to get out of that cycle. Uh, now I'm not a doctor and I don't, you know, profess to be one, but these were questions that if people began to ask me that I would be more conscious and take note and probably could avoid it. A lot of that downward spiral in my own life. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And do you have a program around that or a? Actually, you know, it's kind of wrapped in <laughs> all of my programs because, okay. you know, I think it's something we need to do every day, right? Yeah. And it's uh, to me, I think it's the ability to self analyze. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we wait for problems or uh, we don't know how to get a coach. Sometimes we can't afford a coach. But if we just begin to kind of have that check, list system for ourselves, and say, hey, how much sleep, you know, anything that we track uh, and measure, then we can begin to kind of understand how we can modify it, how we can change it, how we can improve it. And so a lot of times we don't track and measure a lot of things. And mm -hmm. so if we begin to kind of start doing that, uh, that can help us to get in the right direction. You know, if you realize that 
you're a coach and you're not getting any clients, you're going to be like, now, wait a minute. I haven't had a client in so many months. So either I need to get some training or figure out what's going on with my messaging or something so that I can get back on the right track. So we need to begin to do this sometimes just with our own personal development. You know, are people even understanding Do we need to be better communicators? Do we need to listen better? I mean, it's just a number of things that, you know, we're a work in progress, I believe. It's an evolution. So, um, but being able to monitor that for yourself, I think is so important because we are growing and changing every day. Yes. Yes. That's one of the things that I like to even suggest is, you know, if you're, uh, until you get kind of used to monitoring how you're feeling throughout the day, mm -hmm. you know, set a timer on the phone for every hour, or every two hours and yeah. just check in. How am I feeling? Mm -hmm. Am I feeling satisfied? Am I feeling good? Am I starting to go off the deep end again? You right. know, where am I in my day so that it doesn't have to get so far away from you before so you true. before you realize it? So, yeah. you know, because our emotions tell on our thoughts every single time. So, so, true. so you know, if you'll check in with how you're feeling, what your emotions are. Yeah. It will let you know exactly. You can think back. OK, what was I just thinking? What pattern was I falling into again? Was it, uh, you know, an uplifting pattern or was it something that's going to um, make me spiral down? So being very mindful of how yeah. you're feeling throughout the day is really helpful. So true. I had a lady who uh, she had did a podcast and she explained how, you know, our emotions have like 90 seconds that we can process them. And if we don't process them correctly, it can take, uh, I want to say she said 36 hours for a female and it's like 12 hours for a male. Now, I could be getting this wrong, but the point is the impact can last so much longer if we don't process it quickly. And so if we're so caught up with not even understanding how to analyze that, you know, this is where we get to the point to where we say, oh, I had a horrible day. When really what happened was somebody just cut you off in traffic that only lasted a minute or two, but your whole day is gone now yes. because you have transferred that mindset into the rest of your day when it really didn't deserve it. So when we're able to process things within that 90 seconds, then we don't have that lingering impact with other things. So I thought that was very important. Uh, to remember, because, you know, we could have issues with our kids and it's like they do something. We're fussing at them. Next thing you know, they've gone on about their day and you're still upset. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, mm -hmm. yes I always I, um My husband's daughter is uh, she was an ICU nurse in her early 20s and mm -hmm. she's getting her doctorate right now. So we're real proud for her. But she told me, she says, um, uh, she said, I, I always have a good day. It may be a bad 10 minutes, but it's always a good day, mm -hmm. you know, and that's those little moments, you know, that you're talking about yeah. the kids irritate you or do something that, that makes you angry. And yet they've gone off and they're all hunky dory and happy and you're still stewing over here. So true. Yes. Instead yeah. of just letting it go. 
So, and that's where we have to be mindful to watch those emotions check in with how we're feeling because it, you know, it wouldn't have to bubble over and, right. and carry for all those hours had we dealt with it, like you said, in those mm -hmm. first little bit when that emotion started going. And that's why checking in really often with how you're feeling, yes. it doesn't let it spiral out of control. Or you can also praise yourself when it's you're feeling good. And so going, yes, I'm on this. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm, I've got this. So, so true. we have to and, celebrate ourselves too. And, you know, and I love that too. The fact that, you know, if you're living, there are things vibrating. You know, I was reading this book about how, you know, animals and plants, they have a lower vibration than mm -hmm. humans. And if you understand that there is vibration all the time, that's something that you do need to monitor. You mm -hmm. know, I could be here with this vibration. I could go in another room and it's a different vibration. And that's part of making sure that you're a thermostat for yourself. Right. Because you should be able to determine what temperature you want to be at and understanding that there are going to be some factors that can contribute to that temperature. And mm -hmm. so understanding that kind of power from the very beginning, I think is so key. But a lot of times we go through life and we're just like, I don't know what happened. You know, you're feeling good. You go in a room and Things are crazy and you leave out of there and you're like, what just happened? Because we're not aware that these things do affect our energy and how we show up. So uh, really being mindful of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Einstein told us everything is energy. Mm -hmm. And Tesla, he said, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, you have to think in terms of energy, frequency and vibration. Yeah. We're not our physical beings, you know, everything is energy, the desk, the chairs, everything is energy. It's always in motion mm -hmm. and it's always creating vibrations. Mm -hmm. You know, which vibration are you going to tune into? Yeah. The, the happier, higher vibrations of mm -hmm. joy and love. Or are you going to tune yourself into those lower vibrations and the temperature you don't want? Like was so talking about. You know, mm -hmm. tune into that temperature and, and you know, let that be your emanation. Let that mm -hmm. be your transmission, your radio signal to the universe and, and match those things. So um, I love it. Thank you so much, Lachelle. This has been such a delightful conversation. Um, do you want to tell us anything about anything you've got going on that you want to invite people to? Um Absolutely. Well, first, I just want to say thank you so much for um, having me uh, on the show again. Uh, this has just been a joy. And uh, I love what you're doing, your passion to be able to help women. Uh, it's because of uh, people like uh, you that people feel comfortable to admit a lot of things that they suffer in silence about. Yeah. So having a place where they can land, where they can be able to talk about these topics, I think is huge. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of things that I have, uh, I do have book clubs that are going on for my new book. Uh, so if anybody wants to get a hold of those, they can uh, reach out to me on um, LinkedIn or Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok. I'm pretty much everywhere. 
Um, I'm also doing a Christmas campaign. So I have different meetings once a month uh, to help business owners with creative ways that they can show up in their business. Uh, that's really promoted through LinkedIn, uh, but it's actually a Zoom uh, presentation where we meet and talk about some creative ways uh, that we can uh, really help our clients, how we can spread holiday cheer just in little ways that really help us to build better relationships with our clients. And uh, lastly, I have a book club series that's on LinkedIn on Thursdays and Clubhouse on Saturday mornings. Oh. Uh, both of those are at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, that is what I've got going on. Wonderful. And you can reach Lachelle at her website, lachelleatkins.com. And it is in the show notes for your convenience. So get a hold of Lachelle and find out what she's doing. You can find her, like she said, you can find Lachelle on every social media platform and YouTube and um, everywhere. She's everywhere. So thank you, Lachelle. I so appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again for having me. And uh, I just want to remind everybody that to just smile. Uh, you never know what a smile can do in the lives of other people who are really uh, suffering in silence from family members that they're lost, or maybe they've even lost their jobs. And, you know, uh, it's a hard time. You know, we have uh, times when we are working, other people are not. And how do we show up? You know, some people feel bad about that. You know, they don't know what to do. You know, we're in a, a situation where it is a paradox. You know, you could be blessed for having a job, but then feel bad for those that don't. So just remembering to smile, to let people know they're not invisible. And for us to just simply do what we can in our own households and family to help other people realize that they're not alone. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you, Michelle. I so appreciate you. Um, I appreciate your work. And thank you, everyone, for coming. Be sure to, um, you know, support this podcast by liking and commenting and sharing it with someone who may be dealing with some depression. So Lachelle is an excellent coach for that. Um, I have been in uh, listening to her for several years now. So um, I know and love Lachelle's work and know that she can support you. Um, Also, we um, have the upcoming Unmuted Voices book anthology. I have been diligently working on it and so have the authors and we're pulling that together and that will launch in January of 2023. And then I want to tell you just really quickly about the new series that will come for 2023. It is called Keys to Joyful Living. Mm-hmm. It is a podcast and collaborative book anthology project that Elizabeth Hill of Greenheart Living Press and I are collaborating on and gathering and inviting those of you who hold keys in what you do and how you serve your clients and customers and um, your patients and and you hold keys that you help them live more joyful lives. We all want more joy in our lives. That's kind of the goal. So um, I know many of you um, have, again, worked through your mess 
these keys have become your message and um, happily will share them with the world. So I'm looking forward to that for next year. And thank you again, Lachelle. Do you have any parting words of wisdom you'd like to share with us? Well, I just want to wish you a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday uh, and just want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I know when it comes to uh, coming together for collaborations, it can be challenging. Mm -hmm. uh, my first collaborate, collaborative book was during the global pandemic, and I was the only contributing author from the United States. It was a global project. Wow. And uh, there are so many people that are blessed with being able to share their voice. And uh, I want to encourage people who feel like you have a story, you're kind of nervous about sharing it, mm -hmm. be a part of an anthology because it is really uh, a great accountability and it helps to create a community of support that can help you as you get comfortable being able to share yeah. uh, your perspective. So uh, I love what you're doing and keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you so much. You can find information about uh, the 2023 Keys to Joyful Living project um, at envisiongreatness.com. And up at the top, there's an apply to projects. It lists all the information. And if you still have questions, you know, contact me and uh, we'll have a chat so that you can make an informed, sourced decision about joining us for 2023 Keys, for, Keys to Joyful Living. So I appreciate you all. Thank you all. And remember, you are joy looking for a way to express. Bye, everybody.